Hello, I'm Jim. Welcome to your weekly dose of Football Funny. It's on the left side, the alternative football show. And the sport is in a weird place right now. North Korea's glorious leader, Kim Jong-un, has vowed to make his country a major force in football. And he's got a grassroots plan to make it happen. With the country's head coach saying, For now, we will seek to dominate Asia. But in the near future, I hope we can dominate the world. North Korea, world domination. Everyone's just fine with this, are they? I'm not going to be a bit surprised when they reveal that their brand new national mascot is Bommy, the nuclear warhead. It's a pretty lofty ambition, but if anyone can do it, it's Kim. The man who, according to official files, scored 11 holes in one in a round of golf, was born under a rainbow and has never, in his life, taken a shit. In fact, loves golf, overinflated opinion of himself and setting unachievable aims and unrealistic targets for the national football team, I think we have finally found someone to challenge Gareth Southgate for the England job. So, what's coming up on this week's show? Stevie G lets his body do the talking, Spurs do what they do best, and FIFA. Seriously, what are you doing? But first, a man who doesn't need it gets a massive ego boost. I've been a little bit disappointed with Zlatan Ibrahimovic this season. Not because of his lack of goals or effort levels on the pitch, reminiscent of Dimitar Berbatov having taken a load of Valium and then setting both his feet in concrete, but because I was expecting a whole load more arrogance and ridiculousness from the big striker. But this week, finally, we saw a glimpse of true Zlatan. Our Ibra picked up an award for the top player in Sweden this week, meaning he's won the award for the 10th year in a row and beating off the likes of uh, that fella, you know, um, you know, um, Abba? Did Abba play football? Anyway, this was a pretty big deal in his home country. And to mark the achievement, the Swedish FA are going to erect a statue of the man himself outside the Friends Arena in Stockholm. So it'll always be there for you. That's a Friends joke, by the way. But what did Zlatan make of the idea he'll have his own statue? It's a symbol of me as a private person and the player. So one day I will pass away, but the statue will live forever. Yep, nothing says I'm a private person like a 20-foot effigy of yourself made out of rock on display in your country's capital, does it? He won't be the first footballer to have a statue put up and he won't be the last. But it's pretty unusual that this kind of thing happens when a player is still in their pomp. Meaning he's less on a par with the likes of Stanley Matthews, Billy Wright and Dixie Dean. And more in line with those dictators who stick up massive iron versions of themselves at every given opportunity. Like Saddam Hussein, Mussolini and Franco. Clearly Zlatan has seen this comparison himself. And he liked it, because when he was asked about his future next season, he came across a bit dictatory himself. MLS is a huge option for me. I travelled around like Napoleon and conquered every new country where I've set foot. So perhaps I should do what Napoleon didn't and cross the Atlantic and conquer the states as well. Wowzers. First a silly moustache, then a massive statue, and now he's comparing himself to a dictator. You can't accuse the man of being boring. But if he is taking inspiration from fascist leaders, at least he won't be the first Premier League striker to do so. Just look at Jamie Vardy. He showed the racial tolerance of Adolf Hitler with that incident in a casino last year. Although to be fair, Hitler didn't have a problem with the Japanese. Oi! 
Sadly, Ibra's plans for world domination have already hit the skids. No sooner had he started plotting his escape to the MLS than his manager, Jose Mourinho, laid down the law and told him he won't go in nowhere. The situation is simple. We are happy with him. We are going to, to execute the option of a second season. Jose may as well have stuffed cotton wool into his cheeks and then muttered, Oh, well, hang on. Hang on. I decide who stays and who goes. Ah. Ah. So, Zlatan looks like he could be in Manchester for the foreseeable future. Maybe they'll ship the statue over from Stockholm to Old Trafford, and no doubt it'll start challenging him for a spot in the first team. At least it would get caught offside less. There was some pretty big news this week as Steven Gerrard, the legendary Liverpool and England midfielder, hung up his boots for good. And with 212 goals, two League Cups, two FA Cups, one UEFA Cup and a Champions League under his belt, he's probably a little bit miffed that he's still most remembered for falling over. Steven Gerrard, the captain, slipped and Denver Bar has popped up with another crucial Chelsea goal. Have you had a slip or fall in a potential title-deciding Premier League game that wasn't your fault? Eh, maybe. Even with that minor mishap, Stevie G will no doubt go down as one of the greatest players ever to pull on a Liverpool shirt. And he bowed out with an exclusive interview with the godmother of football himself, or herself, Gary Lineker on BT Sport. Will you miss it? 100%. Come on, Stevie. Call yourself a footballer. No wonder you're retiring. No footballer has ever done anything at 100%. A footballer giving 100%, it's just lazy. It's 110%, Stevie. 110%. Every time. Amateur. But he also revealed the reason he finally decided to call it a day. You're aware of this time coming. The body starts talking to you. Your body may talk to you, Steve, but sometimes it's your brain that you need to listen to. What if Rooney had listened to his head recently instead of his drinking elbow? What if John Terry had paid attention to his grey matter instead of his loins? What if Daniel Sturridge had considered that his legs were made out of Lego before deciding to go into a job as a professional footballer? Sometimes, you just need to think about stuff. We await to see what Stevie G does next. It's exciting times, especially with his missus doing so well on X Factor. The champions! It's been a mixed bag for England's representatives in the Champions League this week, or as I suggested UEFA call it, the big footbally Europe showdown. Our plucky home teams were busy taking another step on their European adventure, and some of them fell. City and Arsenal, as most would expect, booked their place in the next round, whilst Leicester City continued to sweep aside the finest teams that the continent has to offer in the week while struggling to contain the likes of Middlesbrough at the weekend. I know how they feel. Sometimes it's hard to throw yourself back into the day job when you've been out on a little European jolly in the week. The Leicester City team are clearly spending their training sessions comparing snaps with each other in their swimming cozies and wondering how they ended up getting fleeced for 20 quid for a crap raffia donkey. But if Leicester City have problems then, how about Tottenham? Spurs have gone all, well, Spursy in the Champions League, managing to get themselves knocked out of the competition in an impressive two months, prompting some journos in this weekend's press conference to ask 
if Pochettino had any advice for PM Theresa May on how to get out of Europe quickly. There must be no attempts to remain inside the EU, no attempts to rejoin it through the back door and no second referendum. Actually, maybe politics would be the ideal move for Pochettino after football because he handled the club dropping into the Europa League with the kind of spin that Alistair Campbell would be proud of, claiming that exiting the competition in the group stages would be good for the club. To share two tough competition like Premier League and Champions League maybe was, was tough and, and that is a good... Uh, is good. It's exactly the same tactic that I used when I was 13 and got dumped by Sandra Hepshaw. Instead of taking it on the chin, I just choked back tears and ran away shouting, well, I fancied Rachel Lyme more than you anyway. But he's right. Without the distraction of the Champions League, Spurs can focus much more on the important things they do best like getting knocked out of the FA Cup, losing in the Europa League, and most importantly, mounting an impressive title challenge and then messing the whole thing up in the last two games of the season. Perfect. But the most credit of the week goes to Besiktas, who in a joint attempt to highlight both racism in the sport and the problems faced by hearing impaired people, asked if their fans would take part in a silent cheer for the first minute of the Champions League clash versus Benfica. For the first time ever, anywhere, instead of cheering on the team, fans would make the sign for We Are All Against Racism, followed by the sign for The Black Eagles, the team's very cool nickname. It sounded like this. Now, your reaction to that noise probably falls into one of two camps. On one hand, you might think it's eerie and powerful and a great way to draw attention to an issue. On the other hand, if you're a Man City fan, you're probably just thinking, wow, what an atmosphere. <laughs> and finally, FIFA have really lost the plot this time. Firstly, they announced they were going to take action against the English and Scottish FAs for their Remembrance Day activities ahead of the World Cup qualifiers on November the 11th. And now they've trained their crosshairs on the Welsh. Yep, along with the English and Scottish before them, the Welsh had the audacity to join in a National Day of Remembrance and spend some time pre-game reflecting on those that gave their life for freedom and liberty. I mean, how did they ever expect to get away with behaviour like that, eh? And one of the things that really rattled FIFA's cage was members of the attending crowd wearing, of their own accord, poppies. So, let's just get this right. In the last 12 months, we've seen football hit with betting scandals, corruption, football for sale, child abuse accusations, tax evasion prosecutions, and major crowd trouble. But what FIFA decide to take the most severe and prompt action ahead is a load of people wearing flowers. Good. I didn't think it was possible, but it looks like football's governing body may have actually become even more evil since Set Blatter left. I think even ISIS are looking at it and going, come on, you're just being dicks now, FIFA. I'm not saying that the home nations should have gone all guns blazing with their Remembrance Day celebrations, and I'm not saying they shouldn't have either. But I do think it's personal choice for every individual inside and outside of football as to whether they want to mark it, and FIFA are taking away that choice. 
Plus, FIFA, if you're gonna ban something, don't ban poppies, ban voo sellers, or bloody half and half scarves, or meaningless international friendlies, or ban clubs from sending out 300 players on loan at a time, or Andy Carroll from getting injured, or ban Michael Owen from stating the obvious as a pundit, or ban Gary Lineker from Twitter or doing those stupid crisp adverts, or ban Jose from moaning, or ban Joey Barton from anywhere. Or if you really want to win back fans, FIFA, just ban the fucking England ban. No one will have a problem with that. Right, that's it for another week of Football Funny with On The Left Side. Thank you for listening. This week, if you've been enjoying the podcasts, why not hop on iTunes or Podbean or whatever you use and leave us a little review? We'd love to hear your thoughts and it really helps spread the word of the podcast. Right, I'm off to put a fiver on Stevie G for the next series of Dancing on Ice. After all, he's pretty good at slipping and sliding around on the floor because that's full time. On the left side is a picture headphones production for Abrupt Audio and is written and produced by Ant McGinley and Jim Salverson. You have one new message received today at 10.04 p.m. Hi, Jim. This is Rachel. Rachel Lyme. I uh, I never realised that you fancied me so much. I was always too shy to do anything about it. God, if I'd only known this last week. I've been holding out for you all this time, but I just got married. I'm absolutely gutted. 